most wonderful show is Keeping up with the Joneses Mrs. Jones Yes, sir You don't look a day over 45 <laughs> Thanks, darling <laughs> <laughs> Today's AJ's birthday It's true And I'm not a day over 45 That's right so I'm exactly 45 And you look amazing Thanks I got so many likes on my Instagram post Of you looking resplendent in Trent's photo that you took of you yeah, it was a great photo that you posted. You should probably just post more pictures of me and get more likes. I'm pretty sure that's what we learned from today. <laughs> that is the lesson. So it's your birthday. Any wisdom for us young'uns? Uh, obey your elders. <laughs> I'm like, that would get me the most uh, distance for I, the next couple of years. I said to the kids today, they're trying to guess how old I was. I was like, well, how old do you think I am? And they're like, well... You look younger than you are. I said, oh, okay, well, how old do you think I am? You're 35. I said, yeah, but mommy, and they were like, it's 45. <laughs> Which like, child is that? I'm writing them out of the will. <laughs> all, all three of them. So you've been away all weekend. I have. Parting yeah. it up. I was. Yeah, I was at a youth retreat in St. Louis. Well, near St. Well, an hour south of St. Louis. Anyway, but, it was nowhere near St. Louis. <laughs> that's the thing. Birthdays are... You know, birthday dreams are made of. It's true. I it's used to true. treat. Did you have fun? I did have fun. I missed you. Thank you. Mostly because I was single dadding it all weekend. Yeah, but you rock the single dadding it scenario. Well, you know what? You can do anything for a couple of days as long as there's chocolate involved. You just bribe the children with chocolate? Honestly, I find that if the kids have one event a day, and that event can be as simple as we're leaving the house and going to a park, Yeah, they're... They're more than happy. But yeah. I learned to make pancakes while you were away. You did? Well, you oh, always good. make them. There's no need for me to learn. Yes. But did you do them with bananas in them? No. They, they just wanted it my way. Okay. And like as in what it says in the bag without any flourish or finesse? <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you meant by your way? Babe, I know. <laughs> Isn't that, that Pamela's way? <laughs> I know that you're feeling like sensitive that I'm encroaching in your territory. I'd feel the same if you started getting good at like configuring Wi-Fi networks. <laughs> no, I want to configure this my way. <laughs> you mean how the box tells you to do it? <laughs> yes. That is my way. <laughs> okay. If everybody could just stretch out hands to, towards AJ, we'll pray, pray for, for her right now. Pray for me, beloved. I think the kids like my pancakes more than yours because I make them, quote, man-sized pancakes. <laughs> you do. You make, like, pancakes the size of their faces. And they love it. Okay. I make tiny ones because yeah. then I can say, no, you've just had four pancakes. Yeah, but this way they get three man-sized pancakes instead of four mediocre-sized pancakes. Okay. Well, I'm, you know, trying to save their colons. <laughs> Welcome to this week's episode of Keeping Up with the Joneses, where, where everything's good. Um, let's talk about this week. Uh, so I was away all weekend. Oh, babe, I rode a hoverboard. I don't know what that is. Well, you stand on it, and when you lean forward a little bit, it moves. Have you seen them in the mall? There's like these guys in the mall that are standing on this thing, and it kind of rolls around. Yeah. That's not a hoverboard. That's a Segway without a handle. Yeah, they call them hover hoverboards. Yeah. That's what they called it all weekend, a hoverboard. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, I rode one. I was awesome. Okay, good. Yeah, I just wanted you to know that. That, that was obviously the highlight of your week. I had real skills. <laughs> don't 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 watch the videos. I had skills. <laughs> Sorry. We went to the we took the kids out to see trolls. We did. I quite enjoyed that movie. It was cute. There was lots of singing and ludicrousness. Well, now we've got the the soundtrack, and that's all they've been singing all week. I 
noticed that in the all car. Hand. I was like, how does MJ know all the words to these songs? Wait, we're supposed to be talking about the week and we're stuck on the weekend. The week, uh, the week flew by. It did. It, it stopped momentarily in the middle of the week because we had a, wait for it, a seven hour meeting. We did. Like, like no exaggeration. We got into the meeting and we didn't leave the meeting. Not even for lunch. It's worse than it sounds. It was a seven hour finance meeting. (laughs) It was, it was a good meeting, but it It was was, filled with so many acronyms. And I felt like the person who missed summer school in accounting and economics. I was always going, excuse me, I have a (laughs) question. question. What what does that graph mean? (laughs) And either our projector was wrong or their colors in Excel were terrible. But when they said the blue line, I was like, they're all blue. <laughs> like, there's a Could chart you point to like, the line that you mean? <laughs> with nine different shades of blue. Yes. And then what chart am I supposed to be looking at to follow that? Okay. Thank you so much. <laughs> but I was very proud of myself. There's, there's not often I can do anything for seven hours. You did really well. And... I should get some sort of prize. I don't know you why. You did get I a didn't. prize. You ate your prize. They kept putting the prizes in front of you to keep you in that meeting. <laughs> That's what they were doing. Um, they were like, give the man some snacks. Here, have cashews, have grapes, have this, have well, that. <laughs> well, that was Wednesday. Yeah. Monday and Tuesday, I taught one of the, let's say funnest weeks. It's not really a fun week. I taught on sexual wholeness. Wow. Was that this week? That was this week. Were you not there? I was, but I just feel like it's been so long since then i thought it was two weeks ago no that was this week okay it's weird because uh, generally speaking in the church nobody nobody talks about sex yeah true and if they do it it's not that helpful Mm -hmm. and so we devote a whole week to on the school and we just cover everything from dating to marriage to sex to same-sex attraction to shame fear control sexual demonization all this colossal sort of stuff and it feels like we just get to a comfort level in talking about it and then that week is over they just get to where they're not twitching at the word sex and then you're like and you're done and (laughs) we're done but it's a great week so much freedom i I love seeing people get free yeah it's really good and yeah so that was the week wow sex a seven-hour meeting yeah and then you left and went to st louis all weekend well i was here thursday what did we do thursday i was stuck singing troll songs all weekend um sorry about that Hey, you know what would change the pace of this podcast? What? If we talked about the election. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> That's what happened in the middle of the week. That is what happened. We stayed up late on Tuesday, on Tuesday night. night. And eventually I gave up just before midnight. I was like, Ugh, they're not going to call this forever. And, and well, it was already looking like Trump had won. It was. And I woke up at three o'clock in the morning, checked my phone and went, oh, he did win. And then I went back to bed. So <laughs> we've... We've not really debated about talking about this. I think we wanted to talk about this. Yeah. But I'm aware there's so much to cover. And neither of us are particularly politically savvy related to US politics. You have a keen interest in politics from a Canadian perspective. Mm -hmm. But for context sake, we, we can't vote or we couldn't have voted in this election. We are not US citizens. Right. It is, we'll probably, God willing, be able to vote in the next election. Yeah. But for now, and I've, I've honestly never, ever shown any interest in politics. I probably didn't, I, in fact, I know for a fact, I didn't know the difference between a Democrat and Republican a couple of years ago. Yeah. So in, in one sense, um, wiser people than us have gotten beaten up talking about this. Yes. And so our, our goal is not so much to talk or to teach 
about politics. We're, we're certainly not qualified to do that, N nor are we going to weigh in with our opinions. Uh, at least I don't think we are. I think rather because we're outsiders and because we're watching this from afar and because we're pastors, we do have lots of experience in human behavior. Mm -hmm. We have lots of experience in hurting, broken reactions. Mm -hmm. And we've walked with the Lord for a long time in helping people through conflict. Yes. So those are some of the things that we can talk about. But sure. where do we get started with this, babe? You cute little green-eyed 45-year-old. Well, I mean, why don't we start with uh, just sort of how we were both processing before the election even started. All right. Yeah. You know, I'm just thinking we were, I mean, again, we, we couldn't vote. Uh, and really, I think it would have been very difficult for us to vote. Right. Uh, in that, in, and in my opinion, and, and I don't, granted, I don't know a lot about politics, but when we would read, you know, Jeff did a thing on Sunday morning where he talked about just the different platforms. What does right. each platform stand for? And in going through those, uh, that information, I was like, well, clearly I would be more Republican. I'd be on the, you know, on the Republican side of the debate. Yeah, the vast majority of the values. Yeah. When we read through the, the various platforms papers. Mm -hmm. It's clear that we would lean more towards Republican values than we would Democrat values. I think if, if we were to set up the context, I would say that the advantage to us commenting on this is we didn't vote and we literally don't have a candidate to defend. But, but even then, I've noticed that even though we don't have a candidate to defend, people come out and say, well, why aren't you attacking this other candidate? And so we're not here to uh, defend or attack anybody's candidate. That's really not what we want to do. We realize that from looking at our stats, 75% of our audience is American. Mm. So 75% of our listeners right now are dealing with the other 25%. You're either fed up of it's all probably that's your, your news is talking about, or perhaps you're interested in it. And I would also like to state that I would imagine that the vast majority of our listeners are evangelical Christians. So that's the audience that we're talking to. Right. It, it was funny this this past week, uh, I asked a bunch of different people that we know, like, is the amount of trauma around this election normal? Because, you know, we were here four years ago uh, when Obama was reelected, but we gave birth to our son the very next day. So I don't remember that election because all right. I remember is, I was prepping to go in and uh, be induced the next day. You know what I mean? So I don't, I, I know I didn't stay up. I know I didn't probably think much about it. Right. Um, and so I couldn't think, is this a normal amount of trauma around an election? Or is this more of an extreme amount of trauma, which is what it felt like to me. Like, And, it, and what did people say? Um, well, I mean, I most people said, well, there's always a certain amount of the world's going to end rhetoric right uh but it seems like for most people they said this is this is more than usual well what was interesting is i, I would say that before the election actually happened and the run-up to the election certainly the last month or so the most common feeling i felt from everyone was confusion yeah like confusion about who to vote for 
confusion about why people would consider voting for this candidate versus that candidate. Right. Confusion about why you wouldn't vote for this candidate as opposed to that candidate. Right. Confusion about why people obviously don't think the same way that I think. You know, that that was most of the stuff like, gosh, these people must be idiots because they can't see this. Right. And An intolerance for anybody having a different totally, opinion. Totally. Literal exasperated confusion on a wide range of topics. Then the election happened and woke up Wednesday and found out that Donald Trump had won. And we'll talk about that whole experience in a second. But post-election, the most common feeling is way stronger than confusion. And it feels a bit like shock. Well, I mean, honestly, I was in shock. I honestly did not think he was going to win. As did most professional pollsters. Is that what it's called? Pollsters? People that... Do polls? I don't know. I don't know. I <laughs> political mean, analysts? Political analysts. Yeah. I, I think, generally speaking, there's shock that Trump won. But there's also shock about what this means, shock about what it means for our country, for our culture, right. shock that people are celebrating, shock that people aren't celebrating. I mean, there's this yeah. there's this heightened level of confusion that's gone into to another, uh, another level. Yeah. In the midst of the shock, however, it's worth noting that there's a smaller percentage, at least of the people I follow, that, that are appearing on my timeline, for example, who have got sheer delight and glee and a genuine sense of excitement that, that Trump has been elected. Now, I, I make a comment on those things not to argue who has the right reaction. It's, it's merely to point out that the people who are in shock don't understand why these other people could be so gleeful and happy. Mm -hmm. And generally speaking, the people who are gleeful and super excited about it can't understand why people are in shock. And, and so this is the part that I want to talk about, this disconnect where you've got two very different groups of people with equally as strong feelings about the turnout of the election. Yeah, and an intolerance towards the way the other is viewing it. Let's not use intolerance because that's a hugely inflammatory word. Okay. But yes. (laughs) (laughs) But but there is. I mean, I, I would downgrade intolerance to to this exasperated confusion of like, but can't you see? I mean, that, yeah. that's the basis of every Facebook post of like, and some people are more uh, rude about that. Like, good God, these people are so stupid that they can't think the way I think. Right. And, it, you know, it scales from right. sheer confusion to, to, to rudeness, I would say. I, th- I think too, I'm, if I'm honest, in some ways I'm sad slash disappointed because I think... You know, I was thinking, okay, at least once the election is over, people can stop with all the nastiness on Facebook. And it doesn't feel like the nastiness has stopped. It's just... Accelerated. It's accelerated. And I'm just like, oh, guys, like... But I think the nastiness wow. is 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 woundedness. I do too. It's people who are genuinely hurt and genuinely afraid. Yeah. And... Perhaps I've never been given better tools to cope with than, 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 yeah, I, I, I honestly don't know. I'm, I'm sometimes I'm stumped when I see things that are posted or written mm-hmm. by Christians. I'm thinking, at, at what point did it become okay to lose some of our values for yeah. just, I mean, forget Christ-likeness, but just common decency. Yeah. Would, would you speak that way to that person if you were sharing a meal with them. Yeah. Or is there a level of anonymity that is 
provided by being in an electronic forum. I, I don't even want to get to that yet. Okay. So let's backtrack because we have not spoken publicly about our... We haven't really spoken publicly about the election. I, I did a little talk at m and I deliberately chose to sidestep a bunch of the, the main topics to try and elevate the conversation a, a little bit differently. But we've had a few, hardly any, private conversations with some friends about a few things. Mm-hmm. Why don't you make our thinking visible about some of the things we felt during the election process? Yeah, I mean, I think... Uh Maybe we got to stay a little bit more, even though we live in America, stay a little bit more on the outside because we knew we couldn't vote. So maybe didn't have the same level of pressure in processing. Right. And also, we don't know the rules. We we don't know if it's polite to ask, yeah. uh, who are you voting for? Or Right. So we just stayed away from that topic. Right. And it's funny because I asked a couple different people, is it polite to ask people who they voted for? And some people said, yeah, you can totally do that. And other people said, no, you never do that. So I thought that was really funny too. Yeah. Answers on a postcard to us, please. Right. Um, so I think where we ended up or where, you know, I'll, I'll speak for myself, but I think it's both of us really where, where we ended up getting stuck is we would lean more towards the values of the Republican party. But when you look at the face that's representing the Republican party, i.e. Donald Trump, um, wow, he doesn't represent me well at all. Right. And in, in terms of a stumbling block, here is somebody, and I think it's important to note we're, we're not talking secondhand reports. Oh, we've read these tabloid reports. We're we're talking taking him at face value, literally reading the words that he writes on his Twitter feed, right? Or the things that he said in the debate, or the loud. way that he manages himself or his face, or yeah, yeah. So so we're just literally talking about the characteristics of the man that he is presenting to us. Yeah, not hearsay, not reports, not, not history, just present day interactions with Donald Trump we're like there is a large gap between the values that you are representing and the way you are managing yourself yeah and the messenger is the message yeah so that's a huge so, gap so it's scary the, it's scary because when you start saying, yeah, I would, I would find myself more in line with the Republican Party. Actually, forget Donald Trump for a second. A lot of the people speaking on behalf of the Re- Republican Party, I would not want representing me. Right. In the way that they're managing themselves, in the way that they're communicating. I'm like, I'm not sure I want to be tarred with the same brush as these guys. Right. Then when Donald Trump starts speaking on behalf of the Republican Party, mm-hmm. I'm like, uh, I think... I don't see you representing these values that that well. So right. that is you mean causing like the Republican Party values or yeah. yes. Yeah. So I'm like, um yeah, this is causing me some angst. Now the gap, that gap between you're supposed to be representing me and my values, mm-hmm. that gap grows larger for me at least. I, I don't want to speak for you. When I started seeing several of my friends and several leaders in the evangelical and charismatic community start endorsing trump now let me say this i have no problem with people endorsing anybody but what i would have liked to have seen and yet didn't was people saying hey here's i'm voting for trump and here's why i'm voting for trump and yes i understand there's some major character issues this is how i've reconciled those those very obvious issues for me and yet nobody did that right 
So then what you start thinking is like, am I out to lunch? Like, right. Am I just being judgmental? Like, this feels like a big issue. Yeah. <laughs> like, if Donald Trump, if somebody behaved or spoke the way Donald Trump did on my staff, I would be having huge conversations with them. Right. To the point where I would question whether I made the right decision in hiring them. Right. Never, never mind the president of the United States. And yet nobody <laughs> who was endorsing Trump in my circle was able to not justify with a capital J, but explain. Like I wanted to go the to the processing. Go, how did they get there? Yeah, how 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 are you dealing with the misogyny or the the this, R- this racism stuff, or yeah. or this or the dishonor with the way he spoke to this person or that person? And in my efforts at finding people to kind of shorten that gap, usually the answer that I was given was one, yeah, but he's not as bad as Clinton, mm-hmm. or two. He's God's vessel. He's God's chosen person. And I would just go, those two answers aren't helpful. (laughs) Right. They might be right. And and I'm not here to debate whether they are right. I'm just saying that's not helpful because especially when you're a Christian leader, I feel like you then have a bunch of people who are following you who are, if they're like me, are going, could you help me work out how you got from two plus two equals purple? Right. Like, what is the missing ingredient that makes all of these values, especially when they're people who have who have such a high value on on Christian morals or mm. or or just managing yourself with power, and this person is lacking that. In my in my humble observation, just I, I one one of the things I loved was the New York Times. Donald Trump threatened to sue New York Times for libel after they. Um, posted some articles about some sort of sexual assault case. And so his lawyers wrote to him and the New York Times lawyers wrote back and just said, well, as you understand being lawyers, the libel has to be a misrepresentation of character. But actually, by Donald Trump's own words, you know, these complaints are entirely in keeping with his character as he has displayed publicly for many, many years. And I'm like, that's that's the point, guys. How are you bridging that gap? Now, Nobody has to give me an answer. I'm not. I'm not doing an answer. The only thing, the only place that I could arrive at from from talking to, let's call them level-headed believers that are not necessarily excited about Trump, but probably going to vote Trump anyway. Right. It seemed like those people, and and many of them that I talked to are actually very politically minded and and, and actually working in local politics and that kind of right. stuff. And they were saying, you know, AJ, it, it can't be about Trump anymore because he's, he's the the face of the Republican party now, but it's got to be about the party and it has to be about the Supreme court justices and the things that actually this next president is going to be able to do. It's super important that it's a Republican, not a Democrat and that's picking the Supreme court justices and you know, whatever. And so that's how they're, they're arriving at I'm voting Republican. Um, and I'm, and I'm, kind of ignoring the face that's on the front of the party because that's all I can do at this point. Right. And I can understand that. That makes sense. That to me makes sense. And and in all likelihood, that might've been where I arrived. You know, if we were able to vote, yes, I get that mindset and I get that that's why you would make this decision. And it's a good reason to make that decision. But as you say, what didn't make sense to me was the amount of excitement 
about Trump when to to uh, what we have seen so far, but it doesn't represent the things that I as a Christian would want represented in my leader. Right. And of course, there's there's been these reports, uh, the closest I can get to is secondhand reports of people knowing that he got led to the Lord a couple of weeks ago. And But uh, again, I'm going to take that with as much, uh, with a pinch of salt in the same way that I would take an awful lot of the rumors I heard about Hillary Clinton too. I don't want to base my judgments on people by secondhand reports. And what might happen. What might happen. So you're saying you would speak to some people and just say, hey, I get that Trump supports X, Y, and Z, which is a big deal. But how are you managing the issue of his language or his temperament or the dishonor? And... And, w- and what did people say? Remind me of that again. Well, and they were just, I mean, basically the feeling was, you know, we, we can't do anything at this point about who is now the head of the Republican Party. Would we right. prefer that somebody else was in that position? Yes, absolutely. You know, Ted Cruz, Ben Carson, anybody, right? Right. But that didn't happen. And then now you have to actually look down the next four years and realize the amount of... um pull this person is going to have in terms of being able to bring in new Supreme Court justices and now becomes important that it's a Republican, even if it's Donald, because that's our that's the choice that we have now, because that's still going to give a better result uh, as far as what these people were saying than having Clinton elect three liberal Supreme Court justices, which would probably see the nation down the river faster. Right. It's also important to point out that we are speaking from our perspective as evangelical Christians and our values that define what we would like to see America become. Yes. We're also aware that um, two million more people voted for Hillary, who would obviously have a completely different ideology about what would be more appropriate for the shape of America to come. And we'll, we'll get to that part in a second. Two I just, million more? Mm-hmm, the popular vote. Hillary won um, the popular vote. Donald won the electoral, the electoral votes. It's a whole other system. I don't I don't understand. understand any of it. No, no. I know. And do you know what? I asked several people, like several people, explain to me the difference between the electoral votes and the popular votes and blah, blah, blah. And none of them really could. There's probably a Wikipedia article <laughs> okay. we could read about and understand okay. it in four years time. All right. Good. And I'm sure we will. Yeah. I think the reason I didn't let myself lose that much sleep over anything that we've talked about so far was what we were saying earlier, because... We, along with most political commentators, thought there's no real chance he's going to get elected anyway. So no point borrowing trouble, no point getting our knickers in the twist. That's a great British expression. And I should also point out that we neither of us were thrilled with the thought of Hillary Clinton being elected president. I just didn't know where to put anything. No. So please don't hear us as supporting either candidate. I think, honestly, what we were thinking are, what are the chances of Donald Trump, a man with zero political experience... A PR catastrophe, at least to my eyes. Apparently it was brilliance, not a catastrophe. (laughs) But what are the chances of this man getting elected over someone with the experience and professional skill of a highly polished candidate like Hillary Clinton? Yeah, I didn't think he had a snowball's chance in a furnace. Right. And that all became apparent on Wednesday morning. (laughs) Now, 
Again, let me say, as I have repeatedly said, I am fully expecting God to be amazing these next four years. There is no sense that I am partnering with fear or dismay or, oh, we're screwed. Nothing like that. I am fully expecting God's plan for the blessing of our nation to come in spite of who's in control at the White House. So, I am not doom and gloom at all. I am fully expecting God to astonish us. And that was the stance I had in my heart if Clinton got um, elected. Right. I just honestly wasn't thinking that Donald Trump was going to be um, the president-elect. So I'm I'm not upset that Donald Trump is the president-elect. I'm I'm happy with the fact that this is how democracy works. That people vote, they choose a leader, despite the fact I don't understand the difference between popular and electoral votes. But nevertheless, I didn't have a vote. I'm happy to have any leader, and I would have happily prayed for either candidate and support them. I mean, that's the way I have done. I will pray for Donald Trump and believe the best for Donald Trump as I have for President Obama these last eight years. I, I have a deep respect for that office. And I know that God honors the position, not just the person, but still. Yeah. Donald Trump. Yeah. I remember actually coming out in the morning and seeing Abigail and she said, mommy, did the person you wanted get elected? And I said, oh, baby. Jesus wasn't in the vote. <laughs> yeah, I was like, we weren't real excited about either, you know, either candidate. But I said, uh, Donald Trump got elected. And she said, well, mommy, then we start praying for Donald Trump. And then she just went and, you know, got her stuff ready for school. And I was like, yeah, baby, that's right. But I did have some, you know, conversations that morning. And, and one of the things that uh, sort of struck my heart was one of the people that I talked to said, what was sad for them is that as a Christian, they felt that the message has now been sent to women and minority groups, you know, underprivileged people and whatever, that that they are not valued and that Christians don't value them because we're so excited about Trump. Right. And um, And that is sad because... I think to an extent that's probably true. And well, let's talk about that fallout. Okay. Because in speaking to friends, and we spoke to a few, the ones we were brave enough to say, who who, who are you voting for? We've we got friends who voted for both Clinton and for Trump. And, and it's worth me saying, I absolutely respect both camps' reasons for, for doing so. I, I listened to them. I thought they had absolutely. some great reasons for, yep. uh, for why. Um, but of the friends that did vote for Trump, I found that there were three main categories of Trump voters. Yeah. Number one were the people who were just 100% on the Trump train. No hesitation about the man. No, I don't think even awareness of the things that I was cautious about. Just all on board. This is going to be awesome. Let's go for it. Make America great again. So so desperate for change. Hashtag left, right and center. Yeah. And honestly, these people are an enigma to me. They, they, they. I just don't understand all of that. I, I, I don't and, either. and I'm going to work hard to bridge that gap. I mean, I love them and I oh, love their enthusiasm, absolutely. but I, I don't get it. But <laughs> my efforts at understanding their choice, or, or rather, why they didn't have the same concerns that I had, completely evaded me. But right. I, I totally respect their vote, so go for it. Right. The second group were people who didn't like either candidate. And honestly, push come to shove, would rather neither of them represented them. But given their choice, they thought that voting for a third party was almost a a throwaway. And 
they basically decided, probably mostly related to the the issue of abortion, that they would rather have Republican values represented than Democratic ones. And so they reluctantly voted for Trump. Right. And most of those are also, it's not just abortion, it was the Supreme Court justices right. as well. So those two main things, they're voting for the lesser of two evils in the platform that they prefer. Right. And then the third group of people were people who just don't like, they don't like Clinton more than they don't like Trump. And push come to shove would rather have anyone than Clinton and so reluctantly voted Trump. Right. Now, what's interesting is those people, like I said, are outweighed by approximately 2 million people. So according to the report I read in the Independent newspaper, that's a British newspaper because I don't know which newspapers to trust in America, about 2 million people voted more for Clinton than they did for Trump. Wow. And you just have to look around the news to see what's in people's hearts. The people who really wanted Hillary Clinton to be the president Mm -hmm. are absolutely despondent and terrified. And there's people making really, really reasoned, logical arguments for their fear. And the big shock, I think, is that for some people, Trump represents sheer horror. These people can't get their heads around how people voted for someone in their perspective who is so racist, so misogynistic, and so untruthful. And then, like we said earlier, there's people who voted for Trump who can't work out why those people are so upset. So you've got two groups of people who both don't understand the other side. Now, that's a gross oversimplification to describe the climate at large, but it, it will do for now. I was listening to Stephen Colbert, for those of you who are not American, you might know who Stephen Colbert is, a, a very articulate and astute um, political comic. I, I want to play a little sample. I'll put a link to his whole video in the show notes. I, I hope the rest of it's appropriate. If it isn't, please forgive me. It's, it's for late night TV. Um, I'm sure they'll bleep out any bad words, but uh, let me play this a little bit, which I think sums up brilliantly the point I'm trying to talk about. By every metric, I mean, we are more divided than ever as a nation. Um, do we still do we have this graphic from earlier before? According to the Pew Research Center, uh, more than four in ten voters say the other party's policies are so misguided they pose a threat to the nation. But you know what? Everybody feels that way. And not only that, more than half of Democrats say the Republican Party makes them afraid. While 49% of, do I have this right? Is it 49% of Republicans say the same thing about the Democratic Party? So both sides are terrified of the other side. And I think that's why the voting booth has a curtain, so you have some place to hide after the election's over. So how did our politics get so poisonous? I think it's because we overdosed, especially this year. We drank too much of the poison. You take a little bit of it so you can hate the other side. And it tastes kind of good. And you like how it feels. And there's a gentle high to the condemnation, right? And you know you're right, right? Mm. You know you're right. So, babe, that's, that's crazy. 50% of the nation doesn't trust the other 50%. What, what was it that he said? More than four in ten Democrats and Republicans say the other party's policies are so misguided that they pose a threat to the nation. Mm. Think about that. 
40% of Democrats and 40% of Republicans are terrified about the other party's policies. Yeah. Another, from Pew Research, said that 55% of Democrats say the Republican Party makes them afraid, while 49% of Republicans say the same about the Democratic Party. Right. So it's not that we're just picking out some random streams from Twitter or some posts from Facebook to make a point. This is, this is from research centers that's saying... 50% of the nation is terrified about the views of the other 50% right. of the nation. Right. And it's producing huge division. Well, this is where I want to make a plea to the Christians who are part of that 50%. Yeah. Because we have a peace that passes understanding. Mm-hmm. Most of the stuff on social media, most of the stuff in conversations, like literally, I'm re- I have been reading earnest articles written by people. These are now non-Christians who are saying, I don't know how to do Thanksgiving with my family who voted for Trump. Wow. Where, where they're like, I don't know how to reconcile this situation. I mean, and, and, and I understand that we are sitting here in, I think, the 13th wealthiest uh, county in America. I recognize that, yes, we are immigrants to America, but we're about the most privileged kind of immigrants that you can get. We understood the green card process. We had enough money to pay for an immigration lawyer to help us through it. So we are sitting here with a certain level of education, a certain level of privilege, and let's face facts, a certain level of skin tone, Mm -hmm. where we are immune personally from a lot of the fear that other people are expressing. Yeah, But here's the thing, as... As Christians, we're supposed to have a higher vantage point. Yeah. We're supposed to have the peace that passes understanding. We don't need to understand somebody else's point of view in order to have peace. No, or to love them. Or to love them. Good Lord. I think, babe, in it right now, it feels like, you know, especially when you read those statistics um, from that report, you have a nation of people that are filled with fear. Right. And the only thing that casts that out is love. And the only people that are going to love well are probably us. Right. And I think. Yeah, I haven't seen a great display I of that. I haven't either. And it makes me so sad. People are still trying to argue points and drive things home. Guys, it's done. He's elected. And it's actually time to start loving other people well and trying to meet them where they're at and understand what they're feeling. And even where we don't understand, and I'll put myself in that category, I've, I've honestly struggled to understand friends of mine on both sides of the debate, when they post things online, I'm like, are you aware how insensitive that is? Yes. Like, do you realize yeah. that you're creating a large gap in other people's understanding of your behavior? Yes. Yeah. And, and on top of that, there are, and we touched on this a, a little bit before, that there are some genuine concerns that people are expressing. Fear about what he's going to do. I read Donald Trump's um, plan for the first 100 days in office, and I'm thinking, dude, even if you get like a quarter of that stuff done, that's going to ha- have huge, significant impact on this nation. Not commenting about whether that's for good or for bad, for better or for worse. I'm just saying that that is going to cause change in some ramifications. And people, generally speaking, are scared of change, even when we want it. Sure, always. Even good change is scary. So here's the thing. We carry a source of peace that yes. isn't dependent on our understanding. Yes. We have access to a source of comfort to a prophetic viewpoint, to an inexhaustive supply of love yeah. that we're supposed to apply to our own hearts yeah. so that we're not troubled by the world and that we can be 
a safe resource to other people where we can look at people we don't agree with and still keep our love on. Yeah. Where we can modify our behavior to preserve a connection with people that we love, even though they voted for a different candidate from us. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so I'm not trying to be funny, but I'm just thinking scripture says, blessed be the peacemakers, not the pot stirrers. Right? right. So blessed be the peacemakers for they shall be called the huios of God, the fully matured sons of God. And and us as believers, us as mature believers, really our job is to look people in the eyes and love them well. And especially if they're afraid. Can I talk about the whole hashtag Cyrus rising, Donald Trump is God's Cyrus thing for a second? Sure. So if you genuinely believe that, and I, and I have no comment on that. I have not talked to the Lord about that at all. I have not done any research. So I am not mocking that perspective at all. For all I know, you may be absolutely right in, in, in that assumption. But what I am asking that you do is that you use wisdom and kind temperament in communicating your view. So in scripture says you always have an answer for the hope that you have. But that hope is centered on Christ, not on another person. So if God's given you peace about your decision or about the future, that's fantastic. Use that peace to communicate peace. Don't use it to inflame or antagonize others. Yes, Honestly, <laughs> I, I think we've already said a lot about uh, inflaming stuff. Here's my encouragement. Bill Johnson said this brilliant line. He said, we're our dumbest when we think we know the motives of other people. Mm-hmm. So that's about the quality of most discourse I see on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, people assuming they know the motives of other people and then making a comment on that. Mm-hmm. And of course, then other people comment on that. And before you know, it's a big pylon of, of huge emotion. And everybody's hurt and everybody's aggravated and it served no good. And whatsoever. everybody's triggering. Yeah. I love what Pastor Jeff said this morning. He said, could we please up the kindness quota? Yeah. I was speaking to a friend tonight at dinner about this and I said, it's kind of like if AJ, you and I were in a car accident together. Yeah. And let's say because of the car accident, you lost both your legs, but I didn't. It would be insensitive of me to talk about how happy I am that I didn't lose my legs around you. (laughs) Yeah, that would be extremely insensitive. Now, is it wrong for me to be happy that I didn't lose my legs? No, of course not. No, of course it's not. It's entirely appropriate for me to be expressing my joy to the Lord that I didn't lose my legs. But it is entirely tactless for me to be reveling in my joy while you are in your deep mourning and in your sorrow. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, so just I think what I'm saying is like give one another space to be processing. I think one of the posts that I read the morning um, after Trump was elected uh, that sort of impacted me the most was a friend of mine named Krista Wendell. And, um, you know, Krista and her husband, Jason, are amazing. And they, um, you know, he's a Harvard grad and they've done stuff, you know, in Nairobi and with World Bank and all kinds of crazy stuff. They're, they're just, two of my personal heroes. Oh, they're amazing. Extremely well-educated, very compassionate, you know, um, you know, they're, they're, they have a passion for all people and, you know, all races and all religions that they would know Jesus. And they're just lovely. I mean, they're just amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, if you could bottle them up and sell them and we change the world in a heartbeat. Right. 
And which is why I want them to come. I'm going to be scraping their know, toothbrush let's, and let's, their, <laughs> cloning their DNA. They don't know about it. They don't even listen to our podcast. We'll, so we'll just try and get them to come for a yeah. visit and then we'll start <laughs> making clones. <laughs> come for a visit. Just drink this. Nothing, Nothing. to worry about. <laughs> I hope they don't listen to the podcast or they're going to know our sneaky well, plan. <laughs> it's a spinal tap. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> Completely normal. Just suck it up. Uh, anyway, she, she posted and she said she'd gone in to get blood drawn and um, there was a lady... Uh, that was drawing her blood that was a Muslim lady, you know, that was in her, uh, like in her sort of full garb. And uh, Krista just leaned over to her and I I don't remember her exact words, but she, she basically said to her, I want you to know that I am a Christian white woman and I love Jesus, but I love you too. And I'm sorry that you're hurting. And the woman just started crying and so Krista got to, you know, pray with her and say, you know, I'm sorry that you're scared. I'm sorry that we sent you this message. And I I think guys, that's the thing to do now is to realize that when there's people hurting, even if you don't get it, it doesn't matter if you get it. And even if you're not hurting. Right. It, you're, you're not called to, to judge. You're called to actually love well. And so if we could actually start doing that i th- i think we start to turn the train back around and i and obviously pray for donald trump i mean he's he's got quite the thing that he's gonna have to to manage and uh it, yeah i mean i'm i'm hopeful because god's good and right. he's still on the throne and um yeah my encouragement to all of us is that we practice the peace we have mm. we demonstrate the kindness we've been given And we walk in the wisdom that is ours. I think the saddest thing that I've noticed is the best explanations I've read for our climate has come from non-Christian sources. That is sad. The most compassionate, well-reasoned articles that I've read in managing ourselves in this climate come from non-Christians. Now, it could be that I'm not exposed to to better writing. So please, by all means, guys, if, if you're on the internet and you read an article that you think would be in line with the stuff that we've been sharing and it's from a great Christian source, please direct it to me. I, I, I really enjoyed both of Bill Johnson's posts that he wrote on Facebook and was really appreciative of Bill's wisdom. If, if you haven't read them, I'll put a link to them in the show notes in that, that Bill didn't say anything until after the elections. And the poor man explained, hey, this is why I voted for Donald Trump. This is how I reconciled my differences. And it was a really, really well-written, brilliant article. And I so appreciate that Bill took the time to write that. And he wrote a follow-up, uh, I think maybe a day later. And uh, and apparently the poor man just got beaten on the internet in, in response to this. And, uh, you know, it was a brilliant article that Bill wrote. And I appreciate that. But like I said, the vast majority of of really helpful stuff I've written is from a non-Christian source. So let's up the kindness quota. Let's tweet words of encouragement. Let's refuse to enter into empty and almost harmful debate online. Mm. And let's raise the love level. Please. Why don't we pray for our nation, for everybody who's listening? I, I hope we didn't say anything that enraged you. If you did, that would never be our heart. Please Please let us know anything you disagree with. Go to alanaj.com slash feedback. We would love to hear from you. If there's things you think we missed, of course, the stuff we missed, the whole topic is I mean, enormous. We fully don't understand a lot of it. But if there's stuff that we said that is wrong or mm-hmm. short-sighted or, hey, Alan and AJ, have you considered this? We would genuinely love to hear from you. Reach out to us. 
um, we'd appreciate it. And if this was helpful, again, give us that feedback. We'd love to know. And if you think this would be helpful for somebody who's going through situations, please direct them to this episode. But babe, in wrapping this up, why don't we just pray for our nation, pray for our listeners, and pray for peace. Father, I thank you that uh, in the midst of any situation and any trouble, uh, you are faithful. God, you are always faithful. You are always amazing. And thankfully, you are still on the throne. You are still the one that controls the tides, Lord. And Father, I ask that you would come and you would shower this nation of America that we are so thrilled to live in with your peace and with your wisdom. Lord, I ask that you would give your believers wisdom and grace and peace in dealing with other people and that you would help us kind of repair the breach lord you would help us be part of of how this thing gets better and part of how history writes this out is that the christians stood up and not only you know voted and 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 were expressive in that way but then they loved others well lord help us to be people that carry peace wherever we go amen amen we have one thing as we wrap up. You've probably heard us talk about Project WOW. At Grace Center, we are planning a huge overhaul of our children's ministry. We're currently planning on spending half a million dollars in transforming an area of our church into a world-class children's ministry facility because we believe God really, really wants to move through this next generation that's coming up. Next Sunday, it's going to be Sunday the 20th, is going to be our big offering that we're taking up at Grace Center. We're asking all of our Grace Center members, all of our Grace Center friends and family to give above and beyond their tithe on this particular Sunday. And I know some of you don't live in... Franklin can't attend Grace Center, but I know equally that some of you watch online and you've been greatly blessed by this ministry. I would ask that you would pray about giving towards this incredible initiative that we're taking and join with us. You can give online if you go to gracecenter.us slash give. You can give online to the building fund and your gift will go towards that half a million dollars that we're planning on raising this coming Sunday to build a world-class facility so that children can understand God's Word, have an encounter with Jesus, and get to know the Holy Spirit and the Father. Mm -hmm. And have fun while they're doing it. We pray you have an amazing week. If you would like to give us feedback, like I said, alanonaj.com slash feedback. And if you have a question you'd like to ask us, go to alanonaj.com slash ask. We will see you next week. Faith, life, communication, tacos and video games. Paleo donuts and the kindness of God The things we deal with every day From Franklin, Tennessee They are just like you and me Alan and AJ Keeping up with the Joneses Keeping up with the Joneses Sharing their life experiences Keeping up with the Joneses Talk about faith in God And everything under the sun If you are a human being There's something here for everyone 